You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Well, it's not Rick today. Rick's out. I'm filling in. I'm usually the producer on the show. This is Paul Roberts. I'm pleased to be able to come from behind the curtain and be the uh, out-front personality today. Usually I'm just manning the board, but uh, today I get to do both duties, so hopefully you'll bear with me if I make a few mistakes along the way here. But we do have two very interesting guests for you. Um, the first is uh, somebody I'd like to get on right away here, and uh, let's do that. Let's bring on our first, uh, our next guest here, J.R. McGee. Welcome, J.R. Paul, thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you so much. I know we had a little uh, screw-up here in terms of time, but I'm glad you could still accommodate us and uh, share your business and your story with our audience, because from what I'm told, the the first line of my note says, J.R. is a very interesting guy. <laughs> you got a lot to live up to here. Well, it, it certainly seems. I hope that I live up to your and the audience's expectations. I, uh, I spent the first 33 years of my career... Uh, in counterterrorism, electronic warfare, and information warfare, training SEAL teams, Delta Force, and spy war operators. Uh, later on, I was privileged to become the program manager of one of the main Top Gun training facilities in Alaska and uh, finished up my corporate career as the lead subject matter expert for program management for a Fortune 25 aerospace corporation. You have just packed in more cool, interesting stuff into 60 seconds than I could possibly imagine here. Let's let's break this down a little bit here. You actually were one of the guys that trained our top-secret Navy SEALs? Yes, sir. I didn't train them in the physical aspect, but in things such as uh, electronic warfare, information warfare, and counterterrorism, those techniques, yes, we uh, I helped them put together uh, training scenarios and training packages that allowed them to de- de- develop some of the the uh, tactics and and uh, uh, I'm not sure how much I can say here. Yeah, right. They basically how to handle these things, right? Exactly. We found out things that worked and didn't work, and some of the equipment that worked and didn't work, and then they were able to transfer that into real life situations. I am just amazed, as we all are. The Navy SEALs are like now the the top secret. Ever since the the raid on bin Laden, I guess Navy SEALs have been on our minds here. I guess we all sort of knew we had these top secret forces. But I just always assumed that they were, you know, part of an early invasion force or something. I didn't know, and I'm not sure we still know, the full capabilities of this unit. You're saying that they can actually get into electronic and cyber warfare here, too. Well, they... Each team member has uh, specific skills that that lend themselves to the team. They're not all trained to the same thing. They're trained to work as a unit, and each one brings uh, their own unique skills and capabilities to that, along with common core competencies. Uh, but I hope that no one ever does really fully understand what they can do. We, we kind of want to keep it that way. Yeah, I was going to say, are there anything these guys can't do? They seem to be just riding on such a high wave of, and uh, from what I gather... You know, there are a lot of, you don't have to answer this, but I, from what I gather, there are lots of uses of the SEALs on a regular basis for rescues and secret missions and all sorts of stuff that we, we don't even, as the public, know about here. Well, that's, that's certainly true. They, they have a wide range of capabilities, but, you know, I, they are getting a great deal of publicity. 
but I think that the entire special operations community has a tremendous number of, of great operators. The the Delta Force, they, they mm-hmm. tend to be uh, predominant with hostage rescue, as does the FBI hostage rescue team. Right. <clears throat> there's Green Berets, there's Rangers, there's a wide variety of, of special forces out there. In addition to the SEALs, each different unit and each different team in those units bring their own skills and capabilities it has been a true privilege and honor for me to be associated i'll bet i'll bet all right so uh and can i ask how you got there were you in the service and this or were you outside and they approached you and said help us it's one of those careers that you don't plan with the uh, high school guidance counselor jr we think you'd work well training seals that's what i think you should go for here yeah (laughs) I, I was in the Air Force, uh, somewhere in a very, very secret range in the middle of Nevada. You've probably seen it on the Discovery Channel. Yes, right, Area 54 or whatever, yeah, well, it, like that. Somewhere in the middle of Nevada, and, right. and it, was a, it was a really neat place to work in the 1970s. But I had a, a close encounter of the worst kind with high <laughs> explosives and was severely injured. Oh, jeez. Um, there is absolutely nothing friendly about friendly fire. Let's just right <laughs> okay, <up> all right. <laughs> my rehab of course i i was a service disabled vet i was I, I had to separate from the service but because of my love of the mission and it's what i really 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 wanted to do in my life i found a a job as a contractor to where i could still contribute and work with them and uh, it's just been a blessing and and a real honor for me to have had the opportunity to work with the men and women yeah. and i have to tell you in my association with the U.S. military from from then until now, I don't think I have ever seen our military as capable as it is and it is filled with men and women who are as motivated and as well-trained as they are today. Boy, is that good to hear. I remember my wife used to love to watch, uh, what was the show with, uh, the, the, the character's name was uh, Jack, Jack Bauer, Kiefer Sutherland, and whatever that show was, he was sort of like a... you're referring to 24 hours. There you go, and she loved that show. And I remember sitting with her once, and I said, do you really think this really happens? And she said, I don't know, but I sure hope we got people like Jack Bauer out there protecting us from the crazies of this world. So it sounds like we do. <laughs> uh, we wish that it worked the way Hollywood <laughs> yeah, I'll but uh, it, there are some incredibly capable men and women out there and that's that's really given me a lot of the, the skill sets and the experience that uh, leads me into my current career in All right, 2005. Let's, let's, uh, let's segue into that. So you had this unusual career and, you, and, and we'll skip over the fact that you also worked uh, with the Top Gun Combat tactics training according to my notes it, it, literally at the north pole or someplace up there in yes, the middle. my wife and i lived in north pole alaska <laughs> it really is alaska such a place okay <laughs> this is incredible all right so you did that now you, you now you have your own company when did you decide to form this company and what does it do in 2005 we we really decided that there was a, a lot of things that we wanted to do and my wife uh boy you talk about a strong woman at that point in, in, in life, most women are ready to settle down or are looking for security, and yeah. she kept telling me, you know, you you really need to go do this on your own. You you need to be able to, to experiment and explore and, and help as many people as you want to. And right. She finally convinced me to, to leave, and I was 48 at that time. I was too young to retire, so after 25 and a half years, I did leave corporate America. It was a white-knuckle moment. 
uh, and we started this. My business partner in Colorado, uh, Sandy Miller, was the director of production for the Atlas Heavy Lift Launch Rocket System. Wow. Fascinating so, people you run with here. Okay. Well, you, you can't be the best of the best unless you surround yourself yeah. with the best. Isn't of the that best. the truth, really? That's, that is the purpose. One of the reasons we do this show is because we really believe that you can learn from others. And therefore, you know, whether it's just in a short-term exchange like this or actually joining groups and, and brainstorming with other people, there's benefit in sharing stories and sharing ideas. Paul, you couldn't be more right. And, and I honestly believe that the secret to my success is not because I'm brilliant, but I've just been so fortunate to be surrounded by so many good people. <clears throat> and if there's a real skill that I have, it's, it's finding good talent and then giving them the authority and the responsibility and holding them accountable to do the things that they can do. Yep. It's, not, it's not hard to look good when the people you have working for you are extraordinary. And a lot of it is just that, holding people accountable to. That's why you know I, I myself belong to a peer group because I find myself, you know, it's easy when you're uh, working for yourself. I run this radio station, and it's easy to get caught up in, well, I'll put that off till tomorrow. But when somebody calls you on it and says, hey, come on, you know, you said you were going to do this. Now, what's holding you back here? That, that, that's really a, that's a motivator. Exactly. So we, we tried to, one of the things that I really wanted to do is this passion that I have for world-class performance has permeated everything in my life. You don't get to hang around SEALs and Delta Force and, and the Green Berets and right. Top Gun unless you're really serious about being the best. Yeah, you got to be on your A game every day because these exactly. people want you to bring it. Yeah, they they will they will escort you out the door very quickly <laughs> if you if you can't keep up. And so I wanted to to see okay because I had a lot of people in Washington D.C. and at the Pentagon and at my former corporation who told me, Jr. The things that you do will never translate to the civilian world. <clears throat> it's just it, it's just. Oil and vinegar, yeah, oil, right. oil and water. It's not going to mix. Right. And to 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 the credit of my wife and my team, we have found that not only does it translate, everyone really wants to be the best of the best. I'll give you a short example. Okay. Is is I is I travel around the world because we do this across the United States and internationally. I have never yet met someone who drove to work thinking how great it was to be part of a mediocre organization. <laughs> yeah, and right. I'm so happy that my company's so bad. <laughs> yeah, I've never met anyone who drove home at the end of the day and said, I can't believe how exciting it is that I only gave my minimum today at work. Yeah. We want, we're hardwired to be part of the winning team. We want to be number one, whether it's our sports team, yeah. whether it's our company, whether it's our civic affiliations or, or our churches, we all want to be part That's of That's true. We're a competitive species here, yeah. <clears throat> so the things that we do are eminently transferable to the civilian world, and we found out over the last seven years just how successful that can be. So let's talk about specifically your company, Principal X Stream Leadership Group. Did I get that right? Principal well, X Stream Leadership Group. Yes, X Stream Leadership Group. Oh, I see. All right. The, the name the name really you know ha, has a meaning the X uh, represents the waste and the things that we want to drive out of our businesses and our performance mm -hmm. the stream uh, like a fishing stream represents the value and the 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 innovation that we want to drive and flow through our company to our clients 
and you know it's 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 the way you 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 live your life in fact part of our our corporate motto is rigid flexibility is the key to success rigid flexibility sort of a uh, conundrum there a uh, conflict in terms here a lot of people think it is but we don't think that that's an oxymoron in the slightest you need to be rigid enough so that you your employees and your customers can always know exactly what you're doing and exactly what to expect. Your processes and your business needs to be repeatable, needs to be reproducible, but yet it needs to be flexible enough so that every new idea, every new technology, every new innovation is rapidly assimilated, and that becomes part of the new rigid process. Hmm. So that concept of rigid flexibility, I think, truly is the key to to success, no matter what industry you're in, and, and that's the ability to be to be uh, predictable in terms of of expectations, but flexible enough to constantly be changing and and adapting to the to the marketplace and to your clients, so yeah. that you can provide the very best value. So predictable uh, performance, but adaptable methods almost are uh, exactly right. That's exactly correct. So we asked ourselves, what, what, do, or, what does any organization need in order to really be world-class? And mm-hmm. you know, the first thing is they've got to have great executive leadership. So we put into place executive coaching. And I have to tell you, out of all the things that I do, I truly enjoy the coaching the most. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what really revs my engine in the morning. So helping your current leadership achieve their true potential, that, that's one of our key core services. The second one is developing your future leaders and your middle management team so that they can step up. Mm -hmm. So to that end, we've developed a leadership academy that provides the training that, frankly, I wish I had have gotten when I was a middle manager. Yeah, that was supposedly the key to General Electric's success under Jack Welch is that he always cultivated uh, the next generation of leaders. He didn't go outside the corporation to find them. He tried to grow them from within. Exactly, and I took three of the leadership courses at Crotonville when I was mm-hmm. part of General Electric, and that's that's exactly exactly correct. The, the third element that a business needs is is like we said, very repeatable, reproducible, high quality business processes. So we've we've been in the leading edge with Lean Six Sigma since 1998, mm-hmm. and so the business process improvement allows your business to be as strong as it can. And then the fourth pillar that, that we believe you need for, for world-class performance is an effective quality system. Uh, and I, don't, I didn't say quality assurance or quality <laughs> auditing, but a quality system that ensures that everything you do is, is driven, uh, relentlessly driven, to be as good as you can make it every time you perform for your client and for your team. So, so we do provide quality auditing. We help develop and design quality management systems for companies that don't have anything. And then we can help upgrade your quality systems for companies that already have something in place. Those four elements, executive leadership, executive development, business process improvement, and then quality systems. If your organization has those four key elements and they're strong, you cannot help but achieve truly world-class performance that will discriminate you from your competitors and and distinguish you in your in your marketplace and how do you find people how do you find organizations to work with do they come to you through word of mouth or do you do an outreach to them 
You know, that's a, that's an interesting thing because I spent 35 years in highly classified government contracting, right. which is a very unique world. I'll so bet. almost all of the people who knew me were in that realm uh, are not the same people that I'm marketing to now. I'm, no. I'm now trying to market to commercial organizations who probably have never heard of me or my organization whatsoever. No, you're starting from scratch. You're just another executive coach out there, or training program or something, or training. Exactly. And we find that, that uh, uh, until you can discriminate yourself, you are just another small business out there that's just one of many yeah one of many so a lot of the a lot of our business comes to us from referrals uh, virtually all of our clients become very strong advocates so they refer other executives to us that they know in their networks i do a lot of public speaking uh, at conferences and uh, at corporations uh, i do some motivational speaking as well as is uh, I, I speak a lot on this issue of change management uh, understanding resistance to change, and then <clears throat> strategic thinking in the marketplace. So those those activities get us a lot of business. Mm-hmm. And then there are the people who who uh, go online and read some of the white papers that we've written on several subjects, and we've gotten some business from that. But we're we're very much um, unknown in the commercial marketplace overall. We've had uh, quite a few clients, but if you stop and think about it, there's almost not an industry anywhere that doesn't want to develop their executives, develop their business, and and be the very best that they could be. Yeah, right. And that's what we're in the business of doing is helping people who know where they want to go get there. And how does your program work? Is it just a is it a weekend? Is it a course over a set period of time? Or do you do ongoing consulting after that? Well, you know that's a that's an excellent question. We we do not consider ourselves consultants. We're okay. practitioners. We 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 have a somewhat different business model. Uh, to that end, I spent tens of millions of dollars in my career over many years on consultants, mm-hmm. and I came to view them kind of as seagulls. <laughs> and they would fly in, eat your food, <laughs> right. mess on your program, and then fly away. Yeah, right. And the only thing that they really gave you it was worthwhile was the invoice <laughs> what we like to do is is customize our approach to what the customer needs we sell very few things that are off the shelf it's uh, customized training it's customized practitioner work right we will we will actually work with the client side by side until they have solved the problem they've changed the process they've they've proven that what they're doing is going to solve their problem uh, the last thing we ever want to do is come in and tell somebody what they should do and then wish them well because yeah. I don't feel that that model works that well. And that's always the problem with consultants. And I, I, I have a little brighter view of a consultant. I think that they serve a purpose. They have some expertise, and you bring them in to, to learn from them. But at the same time, so many times it's it's almost like a tent revival. Everybody goes and gets religion for the weekend, and then it's all gone by Monday here. And, and nothing has changed. You've got to find a way to implement these things. We can all read great books. We can all go to great seminars. We can all hire great people to come consult with us and share their information and ideas. But if we don't have a way to implement that and, and, and a way to really put that into practice, so often it just gets lost. 
You, you know, that's something that we're very proud of. You know, statistics show that 60 to 80 percent of almost all change initiatives fail in the sustainability phase. I'll bet that, yeah. And, and what we do, we, we've actually measured and tracked how well our clients sustain the changes that they put into place as a result of us working with them. And right now we've got a 72% success ratio wow. in wow. sustaining the changes for 12 to 18 months or longer. Why do you think that is? What's, is it, is it, is, are you offering them something that's easier to do? Are you getting them to buy into it better? Are you, what, what accounts for that? I think it's no more complicated than we offer some structure that has been missing in change management for many years. We, we, we work with them uh, to, to truly understand the process that they have, uh, the problems that they are, are, are undergoing, do some true root cause analysis to get to the, to the root cause of the problem and not just put Band-Aids on symptoms. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the final part of that, the sustainment piece, we've got a very structured action item plan that we put together with the team. They do it. We, we just help guide them through the use of the tool, and then they come up with a communications plan, a sustainability plan, and an enabler plan that puts something in place that helps the team engage with this long term. Yeah, they've got they got to buy into it, and they got to adopt it and use it. It's like it's like software programs. I we've had a lot of people on this program. Some of the other shows we do all sorts of great, cool software out there to do all sorts of stuff. But if the organization doesn't accept it, and if they don't use it, you know, first you got to accept it. Okay, I'll try it, and then I got to find that I actually use this and it works for me. Unless you do both of those, it's a waste of time and effort to try and. Even though that you probably need a, a better system, I mean, that's why you went out and looked in the first place to see if you can be more efficient, more productive. You know, you couldn't be more right about that. In fact, I, I, I have sometimes irritated people by telling them if you simply automate a stupid process, you're going to do stupid <laughs> stuff at a three gigahertz. <laughs> I like that. I may use that. Well, I wish we had more time to talk about this. I'd like to have you come back again at some time in the future and delve into this some more. We just kind of had time. This this show only kind of gets to scratch the surface and introduce people to ideas and companies like yours and to share just a little bit of your thinking here and background. How do people get in touch with you if they want to learn more? Well, they can get in touch with me through my phone number, which is 610-212-6728. Right. I can be reached by my email, which is J-R-M-C-G-E-E at X as in X-ray, dash S as in stream, L as in leadership, G as in group.com. And our website is www.extremeleadershipgroup.com. Okay. Well, I'm going to go check it out, and I'm sure others will here, too. If for no other reason than we're fascinated to have the opportunity to meet somebody who has worked with the best of the best and has been part of that uh, that giant group of people that we all hope and pray are there uh, regularly to protect this country from all the crazies out there. So thank you for your service, and thank you for sharing your uh, thoughts with us, and I hope we can have you back to delve into it in more detail sometime in the future. Paul, I would love to do that, and thank you very much for having me on, and it's been a pleasure. Okay, thank you. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for today here. Um, You've heard uh, some fascinating stuff here. Remind you that uh, this is brought to you by Renaissance Executive Forums, uh, an organization that believes in that 
peer learning is powerful. You can learn from the experiences of others. And by bringing people together into a group, you create a bigger whole. You're, it, one plus one doesn't always equal two. Sometimes it comes out three or four. You get a lot more when you share ideas and information and brainstorm and work together with people. All right, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next week for more of Critical Mass Coast to Coast. As always, you've been listening to Critical Mass Coast to Coast right here on OCTalkRadio.net.